Dermot Kirwan, it's yesterday morning, you're uh, on O'Connell Street in Dublin, uh, you're uh, at the GPO, but you're in the GPO, and what happened, Dermot? Well, Joe, I was in the GPO, and uh, well, first of all, I heard lots of racket and noise from just outside the GPO. I went into it uh, to get my stamps, and uh, basically there's a significant number of um, drug addicts were arguing among themselves and screaming and roaring across the entire length of that um, lovely hall. Uh, and I saw trading. I saw little blister packs of tablets being exchanged for money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they dumped two of their bicycles in the hall in the hall itself, one of them just in front of the crib. And there was a lot of bewildered and some frightened people there. Um, and that's, just, that's not a new situation, Joe. I've been coming in here... Uh, for quite a while, for years, and certain days of the week, it's out of control. Um, and, 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 and that's it, Joe. That's just you're saying, but you're saying hang on, there was open drug dealing inside the GPO, and that's in that yes. in the main yes. concourse, which is so familiar to anyone. 1916 and the images. Then the GPO was rebuilt almost exactly as it was uh, after it was shelled by the British and set on fire. Um, so it's that it's not a historic uh, concourse. You've seen open drug dealing? Yes, I have. Dur- um, during daylight? Out- daylight. I've, 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 yeah, I've often seen it outside. I saw it inside while we were waiting to come. Tuesday or Wednesday is social welfare day. There's a lot of... OK, your line, your line is... Um Gone on me, unfortunately, Darren. We'll try and get it back. But meanwhile, we have Anna McHugh, Head of Communications, uh, with on post. Anna, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. We're well used to, on Liveline, talking about antisocial behaviour on O'Connell Street. But now, is this the first time you've heard of such open drug dealing inside the GPO? Joe, it's it's extremely challenging. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Um, okay. And unfortunately, in recent years, and probably say particularly in recent months um it has reached a new level in in the general area very difficult for everyone for all the businesses and for customers coming in that said there is i'd say you're probably within the gpo in one of the, the safest places in the city because of the amount of security mm. we have our own um uniformed very professional experienced yeah. security staff there are plain clothes guardy patrolling there are uniformed guardy, and there isn't an inch of that public post office that isn't on very clear um, a working cameras. Um, yesterday, there was an issue yesterday. So, so just, just, just Anna, so yesterday, whoever was drug dealing, Dermot, what time was it that you saw the drug dealing, the open drug not, dealing in not, the GP? Just, just, just before, just before 9.30, Joe. OK, so you can look at the cameras, can yeah. you, Anna? We can indeed, and indeed we, 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 we regularly look at cameras and supply footage to the Gardaí. Yesterday morning we had an issue with a, with a safe, and it was a busy social welfare morning, yeah. and that slight delay, as uh, slight as it was, but it gave rise. Fortunately, you know, when you're dealing with customers who are in addiction, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's particularly challenging but you any sort of delay. But Anna, you can't say the queue was long, so drug dealing broke out. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that, um, you know, there was there was some tension in the office, but our security staff uh-huh. move on people. People are not allowed to loiter around. Okay. And certainly they would uh, confront and move on anybody who's attempting either to deal drugs, mm-hmm. take drugs, or indeed, uh, you know, take, you've unofficial money lenders, you've all kinds of things, and um, that they would, you know, they move people on. But they there's, there's, can't be everywhere. There's, there's, money, there's, there's money lenders using the GPO concourse. Well, no, I'm not saying GPO, but in the area of okay. the GPO, um, people would be familiar with that as well. So their job is to look after the customers, to be that yeah, human course, place, yeah. but also to move people on. And we would never allow that to happen. But in fairness, our people, skilled as they are, and there was three of them on duty yesterday morning, mm-hmm. they can't be absolutely everywhere. And a lot of drugs, drug exchanges happen very quickly. Um, so unfortunately, people would see that happening on O'Connell Street. So it does happen in the GPO? Sorry, I, I don't know that it happened. I haven't okay. seen it. Um, okay. But and it's it, that's that's something new. In fairness, we have other levels of antisocial behaviour. People in distress. People in, yeah. in in all sorts of medical or or psychological distress. 
but drug dealing within the office is not something that we have have seen um, or are seen on a regular basis. Um, people coming in on bikes, the whole new scourge of people on bikes mm-hmm. and groups of young people on bikes, that's, that's another issue. Again, they're not allowed to just dump bikes course, there, but yeah. they will try to. Um, it would be wrong to make out that it's completely out of control or that, that that's a regular occurrence because mm-hmm. of all that's done by the Garvey as well to, you know, to prevent it and to curtail it and to move it on. But there's no, there's absolutely no doubt that there is a serious issue within the city, one that um, city council and Garthi, um and all the businesses are trying to deal with. And I mean, it's heartbreaking um, for somebody but like how, myself who's been but, decades but, 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 coming but, but, in but, and out. No, 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 hang on, hang on a sec. You, 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 you say. We could go through any Liveline archive and there's antisocial behaviour in O'Connor Street in the last uh, seven or eight years. Um, One, what's been done about it? And two, you say, you said earlier that it's actually got worse as far as the GPO is concerned in the last three or four months. Certainly around the area of the GPO, the streets around it. So what are the Gardaí, the City Council doing to improve it? Whatever they're doing is not much use because it's got worse. Well, I think it's challenging for everybody and um, certainly we've seen um, a big increase in uniform guardie in recent times, mm-hmm. particularly as there's more people back in the city after yeah. COVID. You know, that kind of, that, those two years were very challenging, um, I think, for, for the city and, uh, you know, the, a, a, there was a lot more antisocial behaviour and drug-related activity happening. Mm-hmm. But as there's more people back in work now and there's more people mm-hmm. coming in you know, to shop and, I suppose, resume some level of normality. There's certainly been an increase in, in Garda activity. Yeah. What, about, what about the safety of your staff, Anna? Well, that is, that is obviously with customers and staff are number one. And that's why we have plainclothes Garda. We have so many cameras. And, and staff, you know, are also equipped with phone numbers and emergency okay. uh, uh, buttons and emergency phone lines to call, you know, if, there, yeah. if there's issues or have indeed I, have evidence any of, your of st- Have any of your staff in the public area? And I know uh, there can be abuse across a counter, but the counter normally has a grill because of the, 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 the fact that you deal in, in cash. But um, have any of your staff in the public concourse been abused or assaulted? Um, they certainly are very skilled at dealing with very challenging customers. Yes, mm. they take verbal abuse. Um, yes, they are particularly experienced. They would know a lot of the individuals. They make a point of it. I mean, they make a point of knowing our customers. You would have seen the documentary about the GPO mm. in recent years. You know, that human touch is really important. And you know, they have probably one of the most difficult jobs in the city, as any security people do. But they take, try to take a human direct approach and appeal to people, you know, to calm down, to stop being verbally abusive, to move on. But that's, you know, that's the, probably on a daily basis. They mm-hmm. have to deal with some level of difficulty. Um, physical assaults, you know, thankfully are, are few and far between. But, you know... I suppose our people would be would be very cautious and very mm. alert at all times. And they're always looking out for we've so many international visitors, school yeah. tours, older people, all sorts, you know, coming through, people coming in to, to enjoy GPO, our museum as well. But the GPO in Dublin uh, is unique, isn't it? One, because of historic significance. Two, because of your wonderful uh, visitor centre, probably one of the best in the country that you've developed. Uh, three, because if, if people know where the GPO is in Dublin. I couldn't tell you where the GPO was in London. I couldn't tell you where the GPO was in Paris. But the GPO in Ireland is in our DNA. They think of O'Connor Street. They think of 1916. Everyone has been in it. Um, and it's right slap bang in what was once, well, still is one of the busiest parts uh, of the city. So should the Gardaí, and indeed the state, pay extra attention to a historic building like the GPO, say part of our DNA, being used for, I know you haven't looked at the CCTV, but I see other callers coming in, being used, the in, inside of it, being used for open drug dealing during daylight hours. Should of course, sh- absolutely. Um, if, you know, if that is, is the case, as I said, you know, we, we see it outside all of the time. 
it, it's coming inside. It's certainly not allowed or and it's moved on immediately. But, you know, these things can happen very quickly. But of course, the GPO, it's the most important you know, building in, in, in the nation. We, we call it the sitting room of the nation and it belongs oh. to everybody and we have such pride in it. And that's why it is hard well, to see Well, then, Anna, the sitting room of the nation has been borgled. Well, it's certainly been, been sullied and we don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable or nervous or to put off a, a visit because particularly, even you know, this time of year, people coming into the city from the suburbs or coming to Dublin from all around the country or from abroad, a trip to the GPO is very much part of that. And then we would just put in our Christmas display and it has everything from, you know, nodding chickens to polar bears to, you know, a, a, a children's crib. And we're very conscious that for kids and for everyone, that's for everyone, people of religion and no religion, for yeah, every yeah, nationality. Yeah. But it's also for the children of the city who may not be able to afford to go to the, you know, the, the official visit Santa in other, in other yeah, departments. So it's that. there for okay. everybody and okay. we guard let, let, it closely. But it has to be safe for everybody too. So... Um, I think okay, it's probably so, more so, poignant at this time of year. Yes, stay, stay with us. But you're saying you have jo- Jesus, Mary and Joseph and the wee donkey. And the wise men who look like ZZ Top and okay. lambs and, okay. and okay. deer and you name it. And the animals, are, they're, they're moving animals. They are alive and well, Joe. Okay. That's all I'll say. No okay. issues with our crib okay, at all. Okay, I see that. Liz, Liz good afternoon. Um, back good to afternoon. the series, series issue of drug dealing. Uh, in the GPO, what have you seen, yeah, Liz? I've seen I've seen open drug dealing, ha- money exchanging hands, and um, them then handing them the drug, whatever it is. Uh, I also I volunteer in Sweeney's on Lincoln Place. Yeah, Sweeney's, yeah, the, the Sweeney's, James, you know yeah, well. James Joyce, um, yeah. uh, Ulysses Lemon Soap. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You were innocent, did it? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but I stand outside the door to have a cigarette. Well done, okay. And I see them uh, on uh, Western Row, uh, openly drug dealing, and uh, down at the shop, central shop, they're there all the time and they're asking you for money and they're hassling you. Wow. And uh, I've called the police numerous times. I saw a woman being uh, knocked down and her mobile phone taken off her. And we brought her in and gave her a cup of tea. I've called the guards and I'm wasting my time. And I think also uh, on most museums or places like the GPO, in other countries they'd have guards standing outside the door. Mm. And I think it's an absolute disgrace that to think that our forefathers fought for our freedom and this is what is going on. Is is three uh, staff enough in the concourse, Anna? Um, well, you yeah, know, normally yeah. we'd have, you know, two to three staff on and that's covering queuing areas and the entrances. Um, it's it's something we look at and certainly coming up as there's more customers in the building coming up to Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, we will, you know, we we extend that and we, we add in more staff at peak times. Um, but I suppose a whole city response is really needed on something like this. I because think, you know, uh, your people just with no disrespect to standing outside the door, but I think a uniformed policeman or uh, somebody like that should be standing mm. outside the door. Oh, well, we have uniformed police outside, Gardaí outside, um, often inside, uh, as well as plainclothes, um, yeah, Gardaí as well. Not, sorry, not I, 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 I didn't see any. Okay. I, I saw no guards at all. Neither did I. Neither did I. Well, are they, are they, you're saying there's plainclothes Gardaí, Anna, in the GPO at all opening hours, inside? Not at all opening hours, no. They're not there all opening hours, but they're certainly regular, you know, they do okay. regular um, uh, patrols, Joe, if you like. Joe, if I could just say, Damn, Joe, all damage, have yes. to be, the guards need to be there every Tuesday and Wednesday when these poor people are picking up their money. The lady mentioned money lending. Anna, it's money yeah. extortion. That's the problem. Yeah. Sorry, what, what, what's, the, what's the money? I'm confused now about money lending. Well, they're taking cash away and they're being threatened and sometimes attacked on their way home from getting their money. That's, this is absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, Chris, you know. Chris Curran, 51551 is our text, 1850-715815. Oh, sorry, 0818. I'm going back in time. 0818-715815. Chris Curran. How are you, Joe? Um, what, what, what have you witnessed? Well, 
Look, first of all, thanks, Mill, for taking me call. I was driving yeah. down the road and when, they, when it came up as a subject, I just had to pull into the road. I felt compelled to bring it up. The, the, the GPO O'Connell Street is the centre of drug dealing in Dublin, OK? But you can have 500 Gardaí on that street mm-hmm. and the drug dealing will still continue. The, the, the problem that we have here, and I think a lot of people were horrified by RTE's documentary uh, there the, the, about the, a month ago. The images, yeah, the images. Yeah, tell yeah, it, yeah. To, to see it being there and so visible. But like when I, I come from the city centre, right, and throughout my life I have lost friends continually to, to drugs, okay, continually. Yeah. And the thing is, when you look at it, and the country is so horrified because they see this on O'Connell Street, we've been living amongst this for the last 30 years, yeah. right? It's, yeah. a, it's a dreadful, horrific situation, yeah. and the problem is, is very straightforward, Joe. The problem is, is it's a government-failed policy on drug use. We, we take mm-hmm. the Gardaí as if it's their job to fix this. It's not. It's the Gardaí's job to, 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 to enforce yeah, the yeah, laws around yeah, it. Yeah. You know, and when we look then at the condition of the street, it is absolutely horrific. It's, the, it's our main street. Okay, and it's mm-hmm. a place that I would feel fearful. I, I, I'm six foot two and twenty stone, and I would be afraid to walk up O'Connell Street on my own at night. I'd be very well, straight I, with you. I agree. Mm-hmm. I can remember when I was seventeen, eighteen, and um, we had to rush to get the last bus home, or we'd be killed. But I can remember walking on my own down to get the nineteen A bus, and I had no fear. I wouldn't walk down O'Connell Street. This is saved my life now. And no. a friend of mine and myself, we went to the Abbey and we parked near it and we came out and there was a whole load of undesirables and they were asking us for money and hassling us. Yeah. And we thought we'd never get into the car. Okay. Anna, Anna McHugh, you've worked in, I know you're still very young, but you've worked in O'Connell Street for many, many years, as far as I can remember uh, dealing with you here. And you've always been very civil. What has happened to O'Connell Street, do you think, Anna? Is it the, the cinemas are gone? Are restaurants gone? Is, is, in other words, is the nighttime economy completely gone? Everything shuts at six o'clock? Well, it's probably a combination of, of things, Joe. You also would have had the likes of Cleary's shutting down, Boyer's shutting down. Um, as you say, that, that you know, some of those cinemas and some of the, the larger bars and things that bring people in and, and you know, that keep a kind of a vibrant um, mm-hmm. community within the city. And there's a lot of social deprivation, there's a lot of poverty, and there's the scourge of drugs. And, um, you know, I suppose all those things combine. Do this, um, do this. And then whatever, know, whatever yeah. you know, the, the, the horror that sort of spread during, um, during COVID on top of that. But, you know, there's, it, O'Connell Street could be absolutely fantastic. Um, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's great businesses there, there's great entrepreneurs. But it does require, a, I suppose, a, a whole city approach to it. Mm. And, um, you know, there needs to be facilities for people in addiction. There needs to be options for them. And, um, you know, if they're going to continue taking drugs, they need to have places that they can go. So, mm. you know, it's it's a much broader problem. But I would still say that so many of us, including, you know, the City Council, Dublin City Bid, are working very hard to try and, you know, make it a, a pleasant place and a, and a safer place. So incidents like this are, are really disheartening, but we'll, we'll keep up the battle. We'll keep working with the Gardaí. And, and we'll, we'll, remember that there is also a community in the city centre, yeah, um, you know, who, who deserve a, 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 as good yeah. a place to live but as when, anyone has. And have you any idea when will we see Cleary's now when the hoarding is gone? I, I'm not sure, but I we, we see every day amazing work going on okay, at, they are at, at every side uh, okay. of it. And, and, and you know. do you, do you, the other question I want to ask you, when you, when you talk about money lending, does that mean that on social welfare days, that money lenders are waiting outside in the cortilage or whatever, but outside the GPO for people to collect their social welfare money and then they have to hand over some of it to money lenders? Oh, we, have cer- we have certainly seen that. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we have certainly seen that. So the that. money lenders are there at the GPO waiting on their I their think it's clients. not just at GPO. They're, yes. you know, they're in lots of places in the, in the country, yeah, unfortunately. Um, but we've, we've certainly seen that. OK, quick break. Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. 
Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Dermot Kirwan uh, contacted us uh, shortly before the programme to tell us what he witnessed in the GPO yesterday morning in the GPO on O'Connell Street in Dublin in the, in the indoor uh, concourse during daylight hours and that was open drug dealing. But you also mentioned, now I don't know whether it's in reference to drug dealing, Dermot, you also mentioned uh, people being extorted for money and we heard there from Anna that money lenders uh, gather in lots of places, but one of the places they do gather of a Tuesday to Wednesday, they do gather uh, in the GP or outside the GPO to collect money, to collect their weekly money of social welfare recipients at their extortionate um, interest rates. But did you say you saw money changing hands in that way, Dermot? I, I see, I see, Joe, I've seen it outside. I've been coming into town for 40 odd years and. Okay. Um, I regularly drop mail into into the GPO, and by the way, the staff here are just amazing. But yeah. they're not enforcers. But anyway, they are. Yes, I've, this is where these guys collect their debts. Uh, I didn't see yeah. uh, debt collection inside. I saw drug dealing inside. I've often seen uh, debt collection outside and spilling around to O'Connell Street and Henry Street. It's it's frequent. Uh, and in fact, if you ask any of the people that run the hostels here for the homeless, there is a serious problem about homeless people going to collect their benefits. Uh, just, they're working on a plan to have direct what, debit what, payable well, to... Okay. Um, you know what I mean? They're not safe with cash in the city centre. It's a sad state of affairs. They're not safe from predators. Not safe from predators. Okay. Uh, if so, everyone knows the dole days and everyone knows who flakes dole yeah, and yeah. they're very, very vulnerable, which is why a goodly number of them spend, uh, sleep on the street, not in hostels. Okay, Tony, Tony Murphy. Joe at rt.ie is the email. Um, Claire Hall in North Dublin yesterday near Dublin Airport. What happened? Yeah, I was in the uh, post office, uh, came along to the post office and just queuing up outside and there was a lot of kind of uh, commotion going on inside mm -hmm. with a lot of folks shouting and screaming at the staff uh, in relation to why, how come the post office runs out of money, right? Okay. And it's very threatening, menacing behaviour towards the staff and it was, when I say it was about two minutes or three minutes before, I think it was probably just the... the, the, the the money was being changed at the time, but like there was a slight delay in processing the uh, processing the payments. Yeah. But the uh, menacing behaviour of individuals inside the post office and outside uh, was very similar to what uh, your uh, other callers were saying about the GPO yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of very threatening folks around around inside and outside the post office, and uh, the staff there, you know, ne needed to be applauded, but. Uh, and like uh, the previous caller there, there was definitely uh, folks uh, hanging outside the Clare Hall premises. Very mm. similar, I suspect, waiting to get you know to get get their money's worth from what what's owed to them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, very, very similar to what was ha what happened in GPO in the in the centre of the town yesterday. I experienced in uh, Clare Hall, and to be honest with you, Joe, I was happy to get out of the place. And are you that saying, was, uh, Tony? Just to be clear, you see. Uh, what you believe are drug dealers waiting on their money yeah. outside outside Clare Hall for when people are paid social welfare. Their first, first port of call is a drug dealer who's waiting outside to collect his or her money. 100%. 100%. And it's very obvious. And you see the security guards hanging around, but like, Lord God, what can they do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, these yeah. guys, they're not, they don't have any powers of arrest, anything like that, Joe. So it's, uh, yeah, and, and it's, there's, there's no one that there's no one going to tell me that that's not what's happening. It's very obvious, and it's kind of very very open. And uh, again, I think a lot of people turn their eye, Joe, and we just get on with it and walk by, you know. So what we heard in the case of GPO, I don't know if it's in Clare Hall. So money lenders and drug dealers turn up at post offices to uh, on on social welfare days, it's called, or maybe even Children's Allowance Day. I don't know to collect their debts. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's part and parcel of what's happening now, Joe. And Anna, every, everyone, I presume, Anna McHugh, stay with us, Tony. Anna, Anna McHugh, I presume people are still entitled to collect their uh, state payments in cash. Oh, cash payments are huge. I mean, there's, are they, there's okay. a huge amount of, of society, despite all yeah. online banking, um, uh, you know, cash payments are still huge for a, a very large sector of society. Who, who choose to 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 deal in cash? So what, and who in, in so far as you know, may not be banked. 
Yeah. Insofar as you know, Anna, what percentage of social welfare payments are are distributed in cash? Well, I don't have exact figures in front of me, yeah. but I know that in terms of, of old age pensions, for example, that, that would be relatively low and decreasing all the time. Okay. But across some of the other social welfare categories, like children's allowance, for example, um, um, and dole payments and, and the like, would still, you know, there'd be still a, a fairly sizable percentage um, okay. because people have that choice and that's, that's you know, they prefer cash to suit their lifestyles and their outgoings. And the, as we know, and it's, it's unfortunately a necessary thing, um, because of the cortilage up the front of the GPO and the fact that it's well sheltered, it's the, it's the main sheltered spot on O'Connell Street, um, are you still, is it still used by food banks and various homeless charities every evening? Um, every evening of the week, there are numerous, very well-intentioned and hard-working groups yeah. from Ireland. From I know there's a group of um, of, of Muslim women who, mm-hmm. who are there regularly. There's groups who come from from Newry um, to provide, um, you know, as they're called, soup kitchens and um, food banks, haircutting, dentistry, you name it. Um, it's, I, I think you've highlighted an RT, you've highlighted it a number of times. It's, you know, it's, it, again, it's, it's very challenging because there is wonderful work being done there. And, um, mm. you know, you see families and, and children you, you, being you, fed. You, you've no but, hand actor part over regulating the number oh, we've of... Absolutely, we've absolutely, we've absolutely none. But what I would say is um, that for all the, the wonderful work being done by, by those groups, mm. um, it also draws in other activity where people are settling scores, their drug dealing, their whatever okay. else is going on. Okay. And the other side of it is that the the residue of food um, and mm. waste that's left there um, is, is a big public health issue. And it means that we've been mm-hmm. having to power hose the building. Um, we used to do it maybe four or five times a year. Um, we are now doing it, you know, maybe four or five times a week. And we actually had to cut back because it's damaging the fabric of the stone in the building because it was course, never yeah. built to to um, like, for that level yeah. of power washing, and it's damaging the mortar and the the actual it's bleaching the stone. So that's that's another issue. Plus, just the the, the filth and, and everything else. But who's li- who's so, leaving the, who's leaving the food behind? Well, a lot of the in, in a lot of cases. Sorry, my dog is joining in there. Um, okay. In a lot of cases, it is um, it is the um, the clients, you know, themselves who may not feed, take. They might take food and not use it. I know very mm. well-meaning um, groups would sometimes leave food for people who don't like crowds. You know, they might leave it because okay. people would come around later. They prefer to, you know, stay to themselves and they don't like joining queues. And they, that would be well-intentioned, but people pick it up, they throw it on the windows, they throw it on the pillars, they put it in the letterbox. Like, we just deal with that every single day. You know, ideally, there, it would be great if there was a sheltered place, you know, okay. that could be used for, for that wonderful work. But that's um, it not the GPO, because it is, yeah, it but there is taking there, there its toll. But there is a massive island there, from the GPO back down to O'Connor Street. Most of the island is still intact, whereas beyond the spar, the island is is essentially gone to the Lewis. But could, could they use yeah. the island and put in facilities and, and water it, supply and electricity I, I and sanitation? I think it would be much better if there was an actual vacant, you know, building centrally located that had, that was okay. sheltered and maybe had taps and had the kind of facilities and, yeah. that, the, yeah. that the groups themselves could use and that they'd have proper parking and everything. Um, I know it's central and I know it's symbolic, but it's, it's, uh, and it's, it's wonderful work they're doing. But there's a whole other side to it. Um, okay. What about what about the staff? Impact. I don't know how many people are in the GPO. It's it's, it's in the it's hundreds, isn't it? Post office. Well, in the in the GPO, there's uh, we have over nine hundred staff wow. based in the overall building. And how are they um, managing in that in that atmosphere? Yeah, well, we're 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 hybrid working. I'm I'm in three days a week. I'm at home oh, okay. today, but um, we are. I suppose many of us have seen, you know, challenging times over the years. We are extremely proud of the mm. building. There's a lot of, uh, you know, we put, we, we're responsible for the maintenance and refurbishment of the building, and that's always a, a big priority. We love having events. We love having as many yeah. people as we can in, 
um, and giving them access to as much of the building. That's why the, the museum has been so successful. And, and I so know, I, I know, Anna, people who attended the Garda uh, Long Service Medal Awards in the GPO a few weeks ago, and they are still talking about the beauty, um, but not one the dignity, not just the dignity of the event it was incredible, apparently, but also the beauty of the building at that time. It was laid out the concourse again at night time, all set up for the award, the awards and also for a cup of tea or whatever afterwards and they were deeply impressed and they loved the fact that it was such a central and prestigious location for such an honourable uh, uh, an award to, to our Garda Shia Khan so it is such an iconic building what will happen when most of the staff move down to the new EXO building there at Eastlink? Well, we will still have um, a couple of hundred people based in the building, some of our big, you know, essential service departments. Um, the museum, the post office will still remain and uh, the museum will still remain. We'll still run yeah. events there. We'll still have a duty of care. The longer term um, use of the, the GPO office accommodation, I think it's probably, you know, it's been discussed at the moment by government and by various government departments. Mm-hmm. There's great opportunities there. Who, who to, owns to the building? Wonderful. Um, I think, well, directly, is we, we report into the Department of Communications um, and I think OPW have a role as well and obviously okay. the Department of Antishok are keeping a very, very, you know, very, keep working very closely with us, with us on that. But, as but long we're as not going anywhere I, in a hurry. I, we're not going to re- come out and turn re- off the lights. But I know that, but the retail there. end of it and the um, museum are, are not going anywhere. Oh, absolutely not. No, okay. they're there to stay and we, you know... Um, yeah, very much committed okay. committed to those. Okay. Just talking about different events. I mean, you know, we, we in the last few year, weeks, we've had everything from, you know, Graham Norton visiting to our VIP, to our staff awards for, for wonderful staff service over yeah. across the country. Um, we've had school groups in. We had the wonderful artist Lyra in with us the other day. She mm-hmm. performs on our Christmas ad. So, you know, it's there's, there's wonderful I stuff happening there. And I'd also have to say that for all the bad stuff and everything that we're hearing, mm-hmm today and unfortunately that is happening but there are still thousands of people coming through every day doing their business getting that human touch and having a good you know customer experience as they go through yeah, the city yeah. it's not well, all I think a nightmare it's, yeah, but, but it I think, is I, yeah, and it is getting worse according to, as you said earlier but the thing is that Dermot and the other people Chris and Tony they're, they're making the points in the hope of making it making the experience better in the GPO Gerard O'Brien worked in the GPO in uh, Limerick Gerard good afternoon hello Joe what was your experience there Jared. Well, we, I was listening to your programme today and it could have been Limbrick you were talking about. Okay. Because I thought it was Limbrick because I had so much about it in the last few weeks, especially, and I've experienced it myself. You see, when we walked there, the pensioners and the customers were all, all these pensioners and uh-huh. widows and uh, children's allowance customers and banking and retail, you know, males and that. Now you've got uh, the but uh, sorry on time the benefits the um, it's paid through the post office yeah the people pay it all in the post office now but when they were paid by the social welfare they had their own office That's it was true, police yeah. there was bandits greens there was they were used to it now we have a crowd of young ladies in the post office who have no security there's no bandit screens in the big there's no um, security people in the big you have to send for the guards if there's a scuffle or a, which there often is a fifty cuffs or someone looking for their money or somebody has a antisocial behaviour which happens every week now. And uh there should be a presence. There should be a guard present two mm. days a week at least when that's being paid. And those, the the situation that's been described by a number of people now in Dublin that they wait outside the GPO on O'Connor Street, the drug dealers wait and the money lenders wait for, until people are collected anyone could ring, you know in the post office, anyone in Ireland, okay. or even in a big sub-office, you'll find that it's the same thing. It's where the money is that you'll find them, and there's big double payments now. And not only that, but now you've got a big influx of, of Romanian, or not, sorry, um, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, these people, these immigrants, and not, not some, I'm not saying anything about their grand people, but we, they don't expect to see this. You have got from Ukraine, and they're all, uh, all they're all in going to the post office for them, and for asking their passes, and 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 this thing is going on all around them, and they can't speak English, and they have no interpreters. Okay. So we're lucky in Limerick, I believe, to have one 
young lady who speaks Russian, and she could communicate. Only for that, they were lost. Okay, okay, okay. You know? And, yeah. uh, it, it, and as well as that, let me get on the screen when I walked there. And you couldn't get inside the counter, you couldn't get over the counter. But no, they're vulnerable. There's no bandit screens. Well, Anna, is it unfair to ask you about bandit screens in Limerick? I'm sure you don't know. There's so many post offices, the ins and outs of every one of them. Yeah, but but look, we we have we have new office layouts. We have more customer friendly office layouts. The cash is still absolutely secure, and the in a lot of cases, the the staff they only can they only have access to that particular payment. You know, there isn't a drawer of cash or anything there. So there is it, the, the systems that are in place are actually a lot more secure than the, the systems of old, and the mm. movement re, in retail are, is are all the, towards more open for for are, customers. But are the staff but, are the staff more secure on it if the grills well, are gone? Of course, that's provided on, you know based on on yeah. a, a secure environment. But again, Limerick, there wouldn't be an inch that that isn't under cameras, and um, you know we have we've all those things in place. You know, just just going back. Joe, you were asking about social welfare payments. Mm. About forty percent of social welfare benefit payments overall um, are are in cash. Okay, okay. in cash. Okay. The surprise, Joe, is that the communication workers union are taking a more interest in this kind of thing for their members. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay well, yeah. they're a big union, like, and I'm, I'm surprised from listening to all this stuff today that they're not down. Uh, you know. Looking okay. for, for okay. the protector, the custom, the, okay. the staff. You know? Anna, Anna, before thanks, Jared, Jared O'Brien, and thank you, thank you again. I've said it so many times that the if if a number of organisations excelled, obviously apart from uh, as well as Frontline, uh, who did so brilliantly, and I have been thanked. But a number of organisations excelled during during the the COVID years, and one of them to the forefront, without a shadow of a doubt, was on post. Without a shadow of a doubt. But Anna, can I ask you just to save us a, a day on Liveline in three weeks' time? The one twenty five Christmas stamp. <laughs> yes. You know what no I'm going to thing. ask. There's no such thing as a one. Well, how much is how much is it? How much is? It? I know you buy them in, in packets. Well, you know what? This year. There's actually four free Christmas stamps in okay. the Christmas booklet okay. with lovely religious and Christian uh, so, okay. and other so, symbols. So it's 20 for 20 on the Christmas booklet this year. Okay, so the the uh, this, the stamp that most people use, Yeah. Okay, you're saying the, the price of a stamp now is 125, isn't it? It is, yeah. indeed. But you're saying the Christmas stamp will be a euro. The, the, if you if buy, you buy 20, 20 stamp booklet, okay, okay. you get them 20 will, for 20. Will that, um, last year we were in a date were called because the, Christmas, the the generic stamp, the one as yeah. it was then, I think it was 110 then, was it? In, in this, I know there was a discount as well. Mm. But the, well, what did, what did caller said? There wasn't one nativity scene. It was ho, ho, ho or naughty and nice for the, for the main stamp. Has that, would, has that changed? I, well, we have new Christmas stamps every year. Yes, and I, I would say that this year we have the world's best Christmas stamps. They are absolutely outstanding. Is there, there, is is there a, a lovely nativity scene. Okay, well and then. there's a lovely angel. Okay, and there's well a then. candle. And there's, a, there's all sorts. Um, and there's also, if you're buying international stamps as well or Christmas cards, there's mm. all kinds of discounts and bundles. I know all that. So, I know, and you're doing but, your job very well. But, yeah, but also, uh, just because d- the weather's lovely and mild, don't hang around. Christmas is coming. It's five minutes away. And get your letter off to, to Santa. Yes, and write to Santa, Santa Care of Impost and you can put it in any, any post box. Now, Anna, um, is there a nativity scene in the, 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 the basic stamp? Christmas. Yes, there is. Okay. Is that Absolutely. a change? Is that a change, Anna, from last year? Uh, there was a nativity stamp last year, no, but that it was only that, in the well, international uh, booklet. Yes. It was. That's where we made a big mistake. Okay. We okay. didn't put it in the, in the okay. generic basic booklet, but okay. we, 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 we learned our lesson. And it was the first okay. and only time we'll ever make that mistake. Okay. And it is back and I it just, is beautiful. I just think I nominate myself for a scoop of the year. The impulsive <laughs> just. <laughs> And plus, have admitted that they put put nativity back into the into the selection of the the basic stamp that's for sale. Okay, due due to public demand or public reaction or whatever. And and, you, and lifeline listeners. Okay, yeah. were you tempted, Anna, to take the uh, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and the wee donkey? Were you t- tempted, or did anyone come to you say, "Is any chance we can put the 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 real live animal crib outside the GPO in the cortilage there under the the, the iconic <laughs> pillars?" 
gosh, I'm not sure that they have, really. I mean, there's all human and life out in front of the GPO as it is. But, uh, you know, well, I'd say we have the best crib anyway. And um, are we very special sort of moving animals, as I mentioned, that includes, you know, donkeys, lambs, chickens, polar bears, deer, and very and elves, of okay. course. Okay, and, and it's and, office. So I'd say and, and that we, what we have couldn't be made any better. And you just ramble in if you're if you're in town. Okay. Oh, uh, thanks, do. indeed. That's a, and, and what's, what's your dog's name, by the way? The dog in the manger there that was trying to get on the programme. Oh, and, the dog. Uh, he's here beside me. The dog is called Lord Otis uh, Biden Mangan. That's his name. He, what? We got him the day that, that Biden was confirmed as President of America. Okay. So we called him Lord Otis, as in Otis Redding, Biden. And he's a Shih Tzu and he's two and very spoiled. And does he answer to the name Lord Otis Biden? Uh, Lord Otis Biden? Biden, yeah. He he, or, he normally answers to Otis because everything, okay. you know, that's what's happened. And the cat is Joey. <laughs> he's here as well. I didn't. Thank you. So, <laughs> so your dog is a, a, a three, it's three word name. Well, that's on his dog, on his dog license. Okay. As well you know, done. and I should okay. say all dogs should have a license. You can get them okay. in the JPO as well. Okay, and remember, it's not just a black and white license you need. You need a colour license as well. Okay, oh, um, uh, and does he does 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 Otis Lord Otis Biden sit on the dock of the bay? <laughs> he would if he got the chance. <laughs> okay, Anna McHugh, thanks as always, Anna McHugh, head of communications on Post Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Well, the boss, Bruce Springsteen, has a new album out called Only the Strong Survive. It's uh, covers, cover songs, and one of them, and Ronan played it yesterday, and uh, when he was playing it, I thought it was Scott Walker singing, but he said, no, it's Bruce uh, Springfield. But when Scott Walker's name came up, Eileen Lewis. Eileen, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon, Joe. You know, you're convinced that you've met Scott Walker. The three of them, Joe. The Walker brothers. The Walker brothers. Well, we know they weren't Walker, we, you know. But you met them the walking. Scott, uh, uh, yes, yes. Where, where, where? In Cavan. In Cavan? Yes. What were the Walker when brothers? When I was, I could have been 11, 12, 13 years old. That may seem a bit vague, but the actual happening is very vivid. Okay, well... Now, well, my brother, my brother Eddie's friend from Cavan, Dermy Walsh, said, were you on the drink, Eileen? I said, well, oh. I was only 11 or 12. I didn't start drinking properly till I was so, about 13. Till about half 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, okay, Eileen, what, what part of Cavan are we in? That's Cavan Town. Okay, what year are we talking about? It must have been the late 60s because we'd moved to England, but we went home on holiday and spent the whole summer holidays. You were 12, 13 years of age? Maybe, yeah. Okay, and the Walker Brothers at that stage were sensational. They were big on both sides of the Atlantic. Absolutely. Uh, um, Gary Leeds, Scott Engel, Scott Walker, as he was called, and he died last year, I think, and John Mouse. Um, so what were you doing when you met the Walker brothers in Caventown in well, 1966, we'll say, for argument's sake? Um, well, in 66, I would have been 11-ish. Okay. So it's any time from then. Okay, to, so what, what were you doing you know, when you met them? So um, I was heading into the town. Well, we lived in the town, really. We went on hol- when, went home uh, on holidays um to Breffney Terrace and um, was walking down the Half Acre with a friend into mm. Main Street and I spotted them, yeah? Yeah. Three lovely tall gentlemen, quite tanned, and because I was pretty keen on the old pop music uh, after hearing the Beatles in 62 when I was a little whippersnapper, um, I just knew immediately who they were and... As they got out of the car, I approached them and said, oh, can we have your autograph, please? Yeah. And they didn't have a pen and paper. And walked into the Ulster Arms Hotel. We followed them yeah. and um, got their autographs. And it's my belief that mm-hmm. even though they didn't play, I've, I've tried to search on, online for it, even though they didn't play in um, Ireland, they did have a... Um, a tour of, I don't know if it was um, a, a British tour or just some gigs in England. 
but they must have flown into an airport, made a stop off from yeah. America, and but it why? could possibly have been a smaller airport. Yeah, but I'm looking. I'm looking at a cabin on Google Maps. Now it's not as it was in nineteen, the mid nineteen sixties. But there's not an airport next or near cabin. Oh, sure, there's not indeed. We know that, but they could have been en route to Belfast. And Eileen, you don't go through Cavan if you're going to Belfast from Dublin, for example. Well, no, but maybe Shannon. And do people believe you, Eileen? They do indeed. My my sister and all my brothers believe me because it happened. Um, And it was more apparent when I refused to wash my arm for three or four days. Because one of the signatures I got on my arm. <laughs> and have you got the autographs that you got? You still have the arm, but it's gone. No, no. Okay. And have you, do you, does anyone remember the Walker Brothers ever performing in Ireland? Um, not really. I think somebody mentioned they possibly played in Belfast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, I, I, Ronan Collins, who I mentioned this to earlier, he has a he has a well, he's an encyclopedia anyway, but he has an he has a memory of them being in Ireland in the sixties. No, he well, hasn't. No, he has a memory, but oh, again, Ronan would only have been about ten and a half, eleven at that yeah. stage. He would have been so. Yeah. Young. But he had to, he said he had a memory of them. Um, but we we're asking people that where where the Walker brothers in Ireland did Eileen Lewis. Is is Eileen Lewis a misremembering when she said she met the Walker brothers on a street in Cavan in the mid-1960s? They were at the, the height of their world fame and they went into the Ulster Arms Hotel. And what were they going? Were they going in? They weren't going in there to perform. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, possibly just for refreshment en route yeah. to they, they wherever. Weren't, they weren't going in to sing, were they? I never got to know that because I just couldn't contain my excitement, Joe, and I had to dash back up to Breffney Terrace. Just to listen, tell to, listen to how good they are. Sorry, I've lost you there, Joe. Brilliant, yeah. Stay with us. Song. They don't write them like that anymore. Kevin McMahon, solve the mystery. Can you help solve the mystery? Did the Walker Brothers ever play in Ireland? They did. They played in the Adelphi Cinema. Ah, long uh, gone. Long gone. In 1966, oh, well, they were playing was. support to Roy Orbison. And wow. I think the Frogs were on the bill as well. Okay, and did, did the Walker Brothers bring their sunshine to... Town, do you know? I don't know, but there's a strong possibility, and I'll tell you why. When oh, those good. pop concerts came to Dublin, they usually came on a Thursday. The okay. next day, they were in the ABC Cinema in Belfast. So there's a possibility, a very strong possibility, that they went, to, if they're heading up north, up through Cavan. Why? Dublin to Belfast, up to... I know it's not the motorway then, but... Yeah. There was a, it was a main Dublin to Belfast road. How would you end up in Cavan? Well, it depends. Of all places. Well, you see, in those days, um, we had these pop concert tours which came to Ireland and all the major cities in England. And always on a Thursday night, if it was coming to Ireland, it would be the Adelphi Cinema, half six and nine o'clock, two performances. Including the Beatles. Yeah, well, I was going to see Roy Orbison. I wasn't going to see the Walker Brothers because it sticks in my mind. Do you remember seeing the Walker Brothers that night? I do, yeah. I saw them, actually. And why it sticks in my mind was 
um, if someone said to me, what was the worst pop act you ever saw? Oh, no. I'd have to go and say the Walker Brothers. Why? Why? <laughs> probably, but you see, they were a support act, so the main band probably uh, canoodled with the uh, sound system to, so they wouldn't sound as good as them. Well, I think in those days there was no really great sophisticated uh, yeah, sound course, system. Yeah. And the Adelphi, the Adelphi cinema now is the side entrance to Arnett's in, in uh, right, Abbey yeah, Street. Yeah. Well, yeah. Eileen, um, do, do we know the, the uh, Arms Hotel in Caventown, the Ulster Arms, what's there now? Uh, a Dunstrow's, I think. Oh, Duns, okay, shops everywhere. Shops everywhere, yeah. okay, okay. Do you want to hear the, the for a, a minute or so the Bruce Springsteen version of The Sun Ain't Gonna Shine, which he released this week to take us into this break? So, Eileen, you haven't lost it. We don't know. We haven't got exact <laughs> confirmation, but Kevin is... Um, have you an exact date, Kevin? Um, I, I tell you, I have in front of me uh, an extract from a book called Only the Lonely, and it's, yeah. a, it's a book about Roy Orbison, and there's okay. a, a stub of a... Uh, of a ticket reproduced. Oh, well done. And it's uh, the Gaumont Theatre, Ispich, and it's uh, Sunday, April the 24th. Okay. So it would be after... That's Easter, yeah. Yeah, around, uh, around after April sometime that that show will come to Dublin. And I think, would that ring a bell after April the 24th? Now, not every year, obviously, Easter is no. a movable feast, but April 24th is the date of the Easter Rising. Um, Eileen, have you, have you any memory of it being around Easter, after Easter, Easter eggs, mm, home on Easter well, holidays? It's a bit vague, but there would have been um, school holidays. We, we spent oh, okay. all our well, school holidays. Some, and you had Easter holidays in the UK, don't you? Like oh, yourself? yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Very Catholic oh, town. It's Preston in Lancashire. <laughs> so we're narrowing it down. We're narrowing it down. We might get an exact date. But Eileen, you haven't lost your mind. You are. Looks like your 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 memory is correct. But how the Walker brothers got on their journey from Dublin to Belfast into Cavan Town to go to the Ulster Arms Hotel, we might never know. Eileen, we might never but know. You might, Joe. Somebody may. Somebody's yeah, uh, memory might, okay. may be prompted Joe, now. Joe. Yes, Can Kevin. I just say, was the motorway there in 1966? No, it wasn't. There was a laneway from go. Dublin to... That's true, they could have gone the other way. This is Bruce Springfield. Stingstein, even. Bruce Springsteen. Dusty Springfield. That was a deliberate mistake, by the way. Loneliness Is the cloak you wear Shade of blue is always there. The sun ain't gonna shine anymore. The moon ain't gonna rise in the sky. The tears are always clouding your eyes when you're without Nothing to lose But no more Joe on 0818 Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. And Joe at RT.ie. Well, you saw the headlines in all the newspapers today and indeed on the news bulletins here in RTE that the uh, Holy Ghost Order had introduced a restorative justice programme 
uh, for uh, victims and there are many many victims as you know even listen to this programme at this stage the Vincentians have now admitted the De La Salle order admitted before the Dominican order admitted before that there were uh, criminals and there's no word or word for it they were the it's not poor behaviour as it was described yesterday at the press conference. It was criminal behaviour and uh, that's what we're talking about now. Uh, what is the proposed restorative justice? Because it's a brilliant, brilliant sounding uh, phrase. It's been mentioned in the Dáil earlier and praised in the Dáil. But what exactly is this restorative justice programme consist of? Is it just a meet one meeting? I'm sure you can ask for more. One meeting between the, the uh, victim and representatives of um, the spirit and order and of the the principle of the schools involved, um, but that's what it that's what it sounded like yesterday. Um, but we've asked and uh, been contacted by a number of victims. Stephen, good afternoon. Joe, how are you? Good, thanks. Stephen, you you were, you were abused by uh, Corrie and uh, Flood. Uh, what do you think of this? Uh, Hannon, there was, there was three Hannon, of three. Of them. I'm sorry, Hannon. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. 70, 78 uh, priests at this stage, the Spiritans admit, were involved in abusing uh, ch- crimes. Crimes were criminals. There are 77 criminals. They, that's what they're doing. It was a crime to abuse uh, children so so violently. Um, Stephen, what, it's, they're calling it restorative justice. Uh, what do you make of the, the, what, how it's been described and would you participate? Personally, I mean, I can only... Speak from yeah. a personal point of view. Now, my idea of this, or the reading of this, and the, the, what I understood to be the meaning was, it was a chance for the victim to come face to face with the abuser mm-hmm. and ask certain questions um, to try and get answers of to why why it happened. Um, obviously, that my three abusers at this stage are know that they're they're dead. So certain questions that I would have wanted answered, I am never going to find out what the answers are. Um, I mean, what, probably one of the biggest questions would have been was, why me? Mm-hmm. Why did you pick on me? Yeah. Did Two of them were, would have been in Willow Park, which was Corrie and Flood. Did you know about each other? Did you consort yeah. with each other? Um, and then moving up to Black Rock, was it a matter of bringing forward and saying, look, we have a victim here? That's, you know, well, was there a ring going on? There's, there's a lot of questions that, that could be answered, but they're never going to be answered now at this stage. Because Corey um, Flood and maybe Hannon as well, were they not moved from school to school? Well, that's the other thing. It's, it's like, I mean, talk to Flood. Like, Flood, where were you before before I got to Willow? Were you moved? Who moved you? Mm-hmm. Um, Corey's the same thing. What did you, you got moved from the missions from Nigeria to, to Willow Park. Why did you get moved? You have a record over there, and you get transferred. And who knew about it? You know, these are the kind of questions that you need. But we're never going to find the answers to these questions because the guy—they're no longer here. They're dead. And um, what is your understanding of what restorative justice is? It's my understanding is that, as I said, you come face to face with your your abuser, and it gives you the chance to try and understand, mm-hmm. to a certain extent, what happened to you. And try, yeah, just try and understand what happened and why. Was it that I was in the wrong, t- wrong place at the wrong time, as I said to you last Tuesday? Um, or was this planned? And it's, it's just trying to find out why it happened to me and not, OK, the guy sitting beside in the classroom. Why me? Did Flood, um, did he, after he abused me the first couple of times, did he tell, did they all sit around and discuss who was vulnerable and who wasn't vulnerable? And these are questions that I said about that. They're never, they're never going to be answered. I, well, I had, I sat in front of, um, I had a meeting with Liam Lally and Martin Kelly. Okay, the, the two main um, people. The two main people. Now, they, they both apologised yes, wholeheartedly for what had happened. And they've done that on numerous occasions since. They did it, in, they did it verbally for yeah. me and they did it in writing for me. But at the end of the day, the written apology is from somebody who didn't do anything to me. The guy, the three people who abused me have never admitted what they did and they've never apologised. But they're dead. Yeah. But if we had been, if this had been 
um, investigated earlier in the 70s and 80s and 90s when people were coming forward and not mm-hmm. hidden, we could have had justice. Flood, it was obviously known within the school circles what Flood was up to. He got moved from Willow Park to another school, then down to Michael's. He, I mean, he, I think he ended up at one stage the parish priest in Dorking, but he kept being moved around. Now, why, Flood, why were you, did you kept getting moved around? Okay, who moved you? Who knew what was going on? Mm-hmm. And then something could have been done, hopefully to protect other people that came after me. But will this, uh, as it's called... Um, it uh, will help some people. Well, now, I, I just give, it, I just it, give it, you the definition. It came okay. out yesterday that there's four, there's, what is it, there, there's three or four of these abusers or accused abusers still alive. Yeah, well, two, okay. I can, I can uh, uh, three possibly, not four, but three. Three, okay. And this is, this is being used, the fact that three of them are alive, this is being used by the Holy Ghost Order not to name anybody. Well, all you have to do is name the people who are deceased. You don't name anyone well, why, who's alive. But they won't, do, they won't somebody, do that. Why, why is somebody from the Justice Department of the guards putting pressure or knocking on their door right now and saying, we want the files on these guys, we want to know where they are, who they are, because they are criminals. They have been accused of physically, sexually and yeah, mentally okay. well, I'm sure abusing people. But, but, but when we are talking about how, how the Holy the Spirit and how the Holy Ghost order and indeed other orders now deal with this and is is this programme which they've named restorative justice is it adequate because I'm reading a definition of restorative justice from a government website and it, it says as follows restorative justice is when a conversation takes place between a victim a person who has committed a crime against them and an independent person who was trained to prepare and manage such conversations. Uh, the yeah. victim and the offender may choose. But that can, that's the definition of restorative justice. So can it be called restorative justice? If not, if just is, is one meeting where, as they explained yesterday, uh, Tim Chapman, who's the person that's been employed by the Spiritans to mediate this. There's no mediation involved because it's uh, the understanding is from the people who've already gone through. You come in, you meet them, you choose where you meet. Apparently they all chose to meet in, in Black Rock. You put forward, and it's an extraordinarily difficult thing to do, you tell the four or five people, including the, if it's Black Rock, the current principal of Black Rock, uh, the current head of the Spiritans, the safety officer as well, Liam Lally, you tell them what happened to you, and Tim Chapman is also there, and he detailed yesterday stuff which we heard again and again in Liveline. We didn't need any uh, uh, any insight into these meetings about the, the the froth, the smell of the breath, the 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 modus operandi of these of these criminals. Um, but is is sitting in front of somebody telling your story, uh, and they say, "Well, we apologise. We weren't around, obviously, at the time, but we do apologise on behalf of the author." Is that enough? Um, and if it's not enough, what what do you want? We need we, we need a public inquiry, or we need a public inquiry that is victim led. That's important. That there is victim, a number of victims can get involved with this and ask the right questions and move in the right direction. But you see, but on the was, other hand, you're, you're talking about. I mean, I sat in front, as I said, I had a meeting yeah, know, with Liam Lally and Martin. Right. The biggest thing for me was after covering this up for 50 years and burying it, was, the, was getting the apology and the recognition that, yes, we okay. understand and believe you that this happened yeah, to but you. Yeah, but that's, I, that's brilliant, but that's not restorative justice, and you can't put that name on it. I know that uh, Holy Ghost Fathers have now put that name on it, and it, it looks brilliant in all the headlines, restorative justice. But it's not restorative justice, as I've read... Uh, and I had no, some experience I, I, of it, uh, definitions of in the, in the last uh, 20, the current definitions of in the last uh, 24 hours. But Stephen, when you say victim-led, like some, yes. of the, some of the, well, all the victims that have been on Liveline 26 so far, and we've a number of them that we're, that we're awaiting to get on once we clear the legal end of it. Uh, but all of those, uh, all of our colleagues have said, like you, a public inquiry. Uh, a number, as we heard yesterday at the press conference organised by the Spiritans through their PR company, 
that day that, that those people that, that those people there were happy with with, with this uh, meeting which they're calling restorative justice uh, and but then other people might say well if it's victim led I want the end of the Holy Ghost order I want the end of the Vincentian order in uh, uh, having any involvement in and they're very wealthy orders but having any involvement in uh, our schooling our hospitals well that's why people people might say well I'm I'm a victim uh, the Holy Ghost is saying they're offering the apology, so they're accepting some responsibility. And my my victim-led request is that the Holy Ghost order disband and give the I money give the money to the state. I, no, it, it's it's not just a matter of them disbanding or whatever. There's a lot of questions that we that, that victims that I've spoken to and myself would like answers to. Um, okay. And the inquiry has to ask. For example, how does a Christian brother Baylor? get on a boat, come here after yeah. being let go by the Christian brothers, walks up the, the laneway in Willow Park and gets a job. And nobody checks on him. Yeah. Who knew about flood and moved him around the place from place to place to try and bury this? How many complaints were made way before yeah. I was before I was abused? And who was the caller, the survivor last week who, when he was abused by Corrie? He went in to report it to the dean. Who was the dean? Flood. Flood. What did Flood tell him to do? Get out of my office. Get out of my office. The guy Get out of the, my the, office. Father so, Carrie had a hard time as, a, as a, a missionary in Nigeria. But did he get kicked out of Nigeria for doing exactly the same thing as he did? He ran, he ran rampant through Willow Park. If he wasn't sexually abusing you, he was physically abusing you. As we heard yesterday like, we've again. Talked, yeah. We've spoken about guys who have been sexually abused for the last week, okay? Like myself. There are other people out there who got severe batterings. And I mean severe batterings and are still suffering from the side effects today. Okay. Stephen, so have, you, just, have you been in the last uh, nine days since since the story broke and Liveline has now been doing it every single day uh, since last Tuesday week? So, so that's uh, eight days at this stage. Have you been contacted by other survivors? Okay. Are there people I mean, that I came on I came on I, I was on your show last Tuesday. Yeah. Show. The first day, yeah. And the minute the show was over my 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 phone started going. Now don't be get I, I came out about this publicly no, sorry. Oh. Um with my fellow ex schoolmates. I came out with this so they all knew okay, before what was going on. Yeah, right? you went public. But then but then they came on the phone and said, Do you know what? You told us what happened, but we didn't know how bad it really was and they mm. were coming out with their stories to me. And I'm saying, well, look, I'm not a counsellor. I, I, yeah. I can help you. Well, go I can to the guard, you, yeah, 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 if... You've got to go to Rachel, Kilpatrick, yeah, who is absolutely yeah, brilliant, yeah, up in Dundrum, yeah. right? Go and talk. Go and put your case through to the union as well. They will listen. It's go the union and talk is the, to... There's a past pupil of the union. Yeah. 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 I think something that has to be said... Is, is, the, is, the black, is brand BlackRock being protected here because it's an extremely important brand? It's a fee-paying school, so it's intergenerational. The children of uh, past pupils are forced in line to get into the school. Is, is, bra- is brand BlackRock in trouble here? Um. I don't know. Um, okay, no, no, I'm, I'm not trying to avoid the question it's nearly all run by lay teachers now and whatever, yeah. but it's just not BlackRock. You see, it, oh, I understand that. I understand it's that. Willow, it's Michaels, it's Rockwell. Okay. Okay. It just it was. It's a question. The phrase that was used by Michael the other day. Brand Blackrock. He, he spoke. He was a survivor as well. Okay, Stephen. Say stay well, and I hope you find. I said to other survivors, I hope you find peace. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815.